Hello, my name is Michael D'Angelo. Welcome to Let This Mind Be In You. Or, if you are a return listener, welcome back. This is a ministry founded on proclaiming the gospel to the lost and exhorting Christians to remember that we have the mind of Christ. So let this mind be in you. Please make sure to like, share, and subscribe with all your friends and family. And if you would like to reach me, you can reach me at ltmbiy at yahoo.com. That's ltmbiy at yahoo.com. I also have a Facebook page. You can find that at Let This Mind Be In You Ministries. Just search for that. Also, you can find me on YouTube at Let This Mind Be In You. And hello. Welcome back to Let This Mind Be In You. Brother Michael D'Angelo here with you on another Thursday night, and I'm glad you're joining me. If you're joining me live, if you're joining me later on, that's okay too. So I'm just glad you're here. And uh, we'll be back in the book of 2 Corinthians again tonight, um, starting in chapter 3. So you get your uh, Bibles out, get your King James Bibles out, and be ready to go for that. I just do want to do a couple quick things. Um, I want to say thank you for those that have been praying um, for uh, Brother Dan Carr and his family. Uh, of course, uh, everybody maybe heard on the last end of the broadcast last week, um, Wednesday night, they were traveling eastbound on I-10 and a drunk driver came across the uh, the median on the interstate going about approximately 100 miles an hour and uh, sights wiped him, hit him. Uh, the person that was uh, drinking and driving um, is apparently made his escape from the hospital and uh, he there's an active warrant out for him. And uh, But anyways, the passenger that was in that person's vehicle uh, died on impact and uh, but praying for uh, Sister Jackie and uh, her three kids that were um, inside of the vehicle with him. Was it three? No, it was two. David and London. Okay, anyways. Um, but uh, So they're still going through it. Uh, Sister Jackie is um, recovering and everything like that. But uh, just keep praying for them and that they would find uh, this person that uh, has uh, escaped justice. Um, God's justice is sure. Uh, we know that, but man's justice, which God hath ordained, um, also needs to be meted out. So anyways, be praying for that situation. Also, thank you for those that prayed for our, uh, our garage sale. Uh, we had last Friday and Saturday, uh, it went really well. Uh, you know, the, the hard work paid off. It was a, it was a good amount. Uh, we're going to have a second one still trying to get rid of, um, a, a few more things. And, um, uh, the transitioning is happening, uh, going over into the fifth wheel. I think probably in the next, mm, I don't know, three to four weeks. We'll have to see. Um, I'm going to have to tear the studio down. So um, I'm, I want to have something in place, though, so where I can continue to go live. I just don't know how well the Internet's going to do yet, uh, where we're moving into. Um, so, yes, two children and Jackie. Yes, 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 yes. That's right. I was thinking third equipment uh, was in the uh, truck ahead with uh, with Brother Dan. Anyways, but thank you for praying for that garage sale. It did go well. And uh, thank you for uh, praying for us. Sister Janet uh, is on here. Uh, this dear sister is pr- uh, needs prayer uh, for herself and uh, having some health issues tonight. So uh, be praying for that dear sister in Christ and uh, that uh, God would give her strength and uh, his will be done sister and um, I know you know that 
And I uh, love you in the Lord, and I'm praying that if God's will be done, if his will is that you be feeling better, I pray that happens very soon. All right. Uh, I just wanted to make another quick announcement. Um, I'm not sure if they're watching, but the Duffies, all right, brother and sister Duffy, uh, Slidell, Louisiana, uh, handed me this. You can't see this, obviously, but it's got my name on it. Handed me this. Um, it was unexpected, uh, but it's. I have already thanked them in person, and I wanted to thank them here online as well uh, for the generous, the generous gift, and I, I appreciate that very, very much. I never ask for that. Um, this is a non-for-profit, okay? <laughs> this is not the, a money-making thing by any shape, fashion, or form. You know, this, these channels are not monetized. Even if I met the threshold for monetization, I'm not going to do it. I've, I've said that since the beginning, and I think there's, uh, I think that there's biblical uh, justification uh, for not receiving monetization from these platforms. But anyways, that's a different subject for a different day, but uh, people have generously donated in the past. Um, this, this soundboard that's over here, um, I talked about people who gave towards that. There's been other things that people just did. And I have a PayPal account set up on my YouTube channel or something like that. If somebody wants to donate and, and people have at random over the years, I appreciate it so much. Uh, God bless you all for that. Um, we are self-funded here, though. Okay, uh, all this has been because I, I really, as I've said before, this has been mostly it, God laid this like on my heart deeply to encourage myself and to edify as far as exhort and stuff like that. Because when I go through these uh, these passages of scripture, when I'm going through and studying and everything like that, I've told you this numerous times, but there's a monitor that I'm looking at right now. See, hello. Those that are listening on the podcast, you don't, you're not seeing me pointing, but I'm pointing straight ahead of me. There's a monitor straight ahead, and I look at myself as I'm <laughs> this entire time, and it's been a help to me um, in studying God's Word and being through there. So if it's been a help to you, uh, all praise, honor, and glory to the Lord. Um, he is worthy of all praise. So anyways, but I did want to publicly uh, on the on the channel thank the Duffies for that contribution. I appreciate it very much. And uh, I'm thankful for you two both, okay? All right. Uh, speaking of podcasts, make sure you're, you're uh, subscribing to the, uh, the audio versions of that. It's a great way when you're heading down the road. You can download them to your phone or, and then like maybe play them through your car or something like that, and you don't have to use data or anything by doing that. You just maybe on a free Wi-Fi, you got a couple of them. It won't take long to download it. Just on any kind of uh, place that you get your podcast, you can find Let This Mind Be In You Ministries podcast. Just search for that as the channel name, and it'll come up, and you can just download uh, weekly podcasts. There, every single uh, video that I've done, I've taken the audio from those and, and placed them on these podcasting platforms, so you can go check those out. Uh, whether that be on Podbean, whether that's on um, iHeart. Uh, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcast, Anchor, it, it doesn't matter. I send it to a couple different places, and they spend it out to everybody else. So uh, have at it, and uh, I would appreciate it. If you do listen to some of the podcasts, uh, you can always, um, I would encourage me, maybe leave a comment on those podcasts or, or give them a like 
maybe give them a thumbs up, maybe rate them or something like that. That helps move it up a, a little bit so more eyes can be on it. So m- maybe some people would run into it. That would be a big help. I would appreciate that. And also, if you want to reach out to me, please do so. I'm always willing to answer email uh, when I can possibly get to them. And that's at ltmbiy at yahoo.com. Once again, that's ltmbiy at yahoo.com. And I would appreciate hearing from you. So, anyways, let's get into 2 Corinthians. Uh, This is for my brother Aaron. He told me years ago that that is a professional broadcasting maneuver, is to sip your coffee so those that are listening can understand and get the full visual through the through the audio auditory. They can hear it and they can get the visual of me sipping a good cup of coffee through my let this mind be in you cup. Also, while I'm on the subject, I have a whole stack of let this mind be in you stickers, good quality vinyl stickers. These have been on this cup and have been rinsed and uh, I don't know how many times, and they've been on my other coffee mug, and I still have on my original Yeti. Uh, if you go back uh, probably three years ago and you're lo- you're watching the broadcast, you'll see uh, Brother Aaron on there one time with him with a sticker on there, and I started doing it on one of my, my coffee mugs, and it's still on there, okay? We're not, we didn't sell that in the garage sale. Uh, that's one of the things we kept. But anyways, I have a whole stack of these. Now, if you're comfortable... If uh, you're not local, if you're comfortable sending me your address, this has happened in the past, send that to ltmbiy at yahoo.com. I will pay for the postage and send you a handwritten note of appreciation and send you one of these for free, gratis, en espanol, if you will. All right. I don't know what that is in Ramona. Kumzaziche, my Romanian friend, Kumzaziche. In Ramona, uh, free. I'm sure he'll tell me. I have to ask him. Anyways, where was I at? Oh yes, third, <laughs> the third chapter of Second Corinthians. Okay, I got off track there thinking about stickers. I don't know how I got there. Anyways, <laughs> all right, just a little bit of uh, levity here, and let's get serious. Let's get into the Word of God, shall we? So we left off last week. I, I had a great time teaching through Second uh, Corinthians chapter two. I hope uh, you got a very uh, a lot of more solidification, uh, solid, rested, grounded, rooted, and grounded in truth. When we talked about the sweet savor, how Jesus Christ is that sweet smelling savor that now is resting upon us because we have His righteousness, and how great that is, and what that means for us, and um, it was it was a fantastic time. I, I had a great time. Uh, so uh, I'm looking forward to today, to tonight, and getting into it. Now, chapter three starts out, at, again, this is a letter, so there's no chapter break, but he comes into it where he says, do we begin again to commend ourselves? So once again, knowing all this, do we glorify in ourselves? Nay, nay, we glorify in Christ alone. And this is what he's saying, or need we, as some others, epistles of commendation to you or letters of commendation from you. Paul's saying, do we need any of those things? Clearly, he's asking rhetorically, knowing that the answer is clearly no. We don't need those things to commend ourselves. The glorious in Christ, because it says, ye are our epistle 
written in our hearts, known and read of all men. He already said that their their uh, testimony had gone abroad, even though they were having some issues, as we've covered quite extensively when we covered First uh, Corinthians. But now, like this is this is what he was. I guess you would say most uh, encouraged about it, you know, because we've already talked about how they took that reprove, uh, that reproach, that uh, correction, instruction, and righteousness. They took that from the Apostle Paul, and they obeyed in all things. They were obedient in all things, and he, he was commending them for that. But he said, we don't have to write letters abroad saying, hey, look how great the church in Corinth is doing, or all these different kinds of things, or how great we are because we established this, and we no the epistles written in our hearts and for as much verse number three as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistle of christ ministered by us so once again through paul's ministry they are the fruit of that ministry but the fruit truly was born as it says here declared to be the epistle of christ ministered by us so even though you know, people talk about being Pauline, and we, we got to study right here on these scriptures. And yes, obviously, these are to the churches. These are letters, epistles to us, the church. At the same time, we cannot lose focus and put our focus on Paul. Paul continually, as we all should, puts the emphasis and focus squarely back on the foundation, which is Jesus Christ. And he said, minister, but written not with ink, so once again, he said, even with these epistles, even though they're inspired by the word, uh, by the word, this word of God inspired by the Holy Spirit, he says, this is not even written by ink, but with the spirit of the living God. Isn't that great? We know we have the word of God, the, the spirit inspired, Holy Ghost breathed and used men to pin it down. And one thing I was on the uh, I was on the phone about an hour or so ago with uh, Brother Garrett from back in Hagerstown, uh, Maryland, and we we're going through some different things, and we were talking about a couple of different things, and then one of the things we brought up, you know, he was talking about you know faith and growing of the faith, and we really talked about that and how the faith is not a blind faith. Yes, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We don't. You know, those are the things to come. We have a blessed hope. We have a faith that this one day, this corruptible body will put on incorruption. That is something that we cannot see because it's in the future. Okay. It's, 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 it's going to happen. We know it's assured. We have the earnest of the spirit. We have this blessed hope. We have all these things, but we haven't seen it yet. However, when it comes to our faith, in generality, the, the faith in what we have God's word and through growing in grace and the knowledge, knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ through his word, it grows our faith so that when we go through this life, we're not going through this life blindly and saying, well, I'm, you know, I'm blindly trusting. I understand the sentiment, but we don't have to live a blind faith. He is in us. The, the, the saving faith has happened, but the just shall live by faith. How do we have more faith? By growing in this, the word of God. That is why we don't truly have a blind faith. We have things that we can read and study, and we have the spirit who breathed it and inspired it. That's in us, confirming that and teaching us all things. And these things are written here as epistles in our heart. 
by the Spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of the heart. When he comes in, as we're going to look at tonight, and he comes in and makes you a new creature in him, the veil, the blinders are taken off. The ability to know him and the power of him is available. That's fantastic news. And it says here in verse number four, and such trust have we through Christ to Godward. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, once again, but our sufficiency is of God. Turn over to Galatians 6.3. Galatians chapter 6 and verse number 3. And look at the opposite of this. Okay, so Paul is saying everything is of Christ. All praise, honor, and glory goes to him, nothing of ourselves, the sufficiency, everything is of God. Look at the counter. For if a man, verse number three, think any, uh, himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. If you are in Christ, you are a new creature, you are part of the church, the living God, and you think of yourself as anything, in of yourself, you're just lying to yourself. Any man thinking himself to be something when he is nothing. In you there dwelleth no good thing. Your flesh still hasn't been redeemed. He has redeemed your soul, quickened your spirit, and you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Until that happens, you are nothing. Now, in today's society, that's really hard to hear, right? You know, I am something, you know, the, the self-positivity image of ourselves Everything that's good in me is comes from him. Everything that is done through the power of his spirit is the gold, silver, and precious stones that will be preserved in the judgment seat of Christ. Everything else is nothing and will be burned up. It's nothing. Therefore, always remind yourself of who you are in Christ. Don't get puffed up when this feeling like, Man, I am I'm something of myself now when you are nothing. Oh, wretched man that I am. We can't dwell, don't live in that because you that's not truly you. Okay, that's the beauty of being in Christ. He has promised you a new body, a new uh, house, as we'll talk a little bit about tonight. So many times we've talked about this, and it's so important for us to understand. We have no self-positive image. We have a him-positive image, okay? Who we are in him is the only thing that is of any worth whatsoever. Everything else is nothing. Our sufficiency is of God. Verse number six, back in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter three. What has he done for us? Okay, who hath also made us able ministers of the New Testament. Talked to another brother in Christ. He said, you know, he goes and witnesses at this um, uh, job placement place, I believe it is, and he goes to witness and they call him, you know, know, pastor and reverend, and I'm sure they call him all sorts of different things, right? He said, you know, what what, what should I tell them to call him besides my name? You know, and I I said, well, your name works, but I took him to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, which we'll get to. It talks, you know, uh, speaks about how we are ambassadors and we, we will definitely get to that. And we're ministers of reconciliation. Here's another portion of telling us who we are. We're ministers of this New Testament. 
this new and living way here, not of the letter, but of the spirit, back in verse number six, for the letter killeth, but the spirit giveth life. Now, he talked about this extensively uh, a lot of times in Galatians, you know, where he talked about how the law is unto death. The law of your flesh is death. It absolutely is death. You were born into sin. Your sin has, your flesh has a sin nature. This is what's so hard for a lot of people to kind of get past here. That's why this flesh will never see him in his glory. We will talk about that quite extensively at the end of this chapter tonight. The point is, is that in you dwelleth no good thing as far as your flesh. You're nothing. The sufficiency, as we've already said, is of God. But he's able, he's enabled you to be ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter. Okay, once again, the law is there for a purpose, to get people to realize that they cannot keep it and that they will be judged one day by that law if they're not in him. He kept the old law. There was no sin, knew no sin. He took our sins and placed them upon us. The wrath, the payment for that sin was placed upon him, and we just have to accept that and know that we are not good in of ourselves understand, acknowledge the fact that you are a sinner. There's nothing good in you. And then that's believing in the one that can do something about that and confessing that with your mouth. Now, whether that's through uh, a verbal auditory prayer, it comes out of you. Once the belief is there, the wellspring comes open. You know, there's no magic words. We've talked about that before. Uh, look up the, uh, the study is prayer necessary for salvation on this channel. It absolutely is. And see why I say that in that study. But anyways, the point is the letter of the law kills you. You're dead, dead to rights. It's got you. Okay. The spirit though, giveth life. If his righteousness is placed upon you, you are judged at that moment, not guilty because he looks upon his righteousness, his blood that's been applied to you, his imputed placed upon you righteousness. So when he looks at you, he sees himself. Now, talking about what I was talking about with this brother, we are ministers now of that knowledge of reconciliation. You're ambassadors for Christ, ministers of reconciliation. That's the ministry that we are all a part of in him. And he's made you able to be that. Well, I don't, I'm not very good at speaking. Okay. Give people the word. Don't get into arguments with people, and I don't know how to debate people. You don't have to. Say, Christ crucified. Give them the word of God, the simplicity of the gospel. Because the letter of the law has them dead to rights. And by the way, they are without excuse, Romans says. They know this. The Spirit works on them, and they understand this, and some people just... Mm, Reject it outright, much to their detriment, because the letter does kill, but the spirit giveth life. All right, verse number seven. But if the mainstream of death, written and engraven in stones, was glorious. Remember, Paul says that the law is good. It's a good thing. It's a good thing that God gave the law to man, okay? It is a good thing because it gets people to recognize their need for him. Okay, 
He glories in it. It's a glorious thing. It absolutely is. Look what it says here. And it says, engraving in stones was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses for the glory of his countenance, which glory was to be done away. Remember the account. Moses gets these tablets. He asks to see God. And he said, you can only see, you can't see my face. You can't look upon me. You're sinful man. I'll let you see my 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 the backside of me as I walk by. I what's really awesome is he hides him in the cleft of the rock, okay, and he can even have the ability to see God because of the rock. You can think about the rock being Jesus, and the reason why we can one day look upon him in any shape, fashion, or form is because of him. That's a ministry of reconciliation. That's great. But just because that happened, that experience happened, just because he was near the glory of the Lord, he, his face shone, his countenance, it was, it was, they had to put a veil on him. They couldn't even look upon him. The children of Israel were scared to death to even look upon him. But that glory faded. <laughs> oh, man, this is so good. That glory, that temporary time, faded. But it says now in verse number eight, how shall not the ministration of the spirit be rather glorious? And he's getting to it now. Listen, for if the ministration of condemnation be glory, which it is, much more doth the ministration of righteousness exceed in glory. Where sin and death abounded, grace did much more abound. I just paraphrase that verse. Where sin was just rampant, it was obvious that it would condemn you to death. His glory, the Lord of glory, God manifest in the flesh, died for your sins and will impute his righteousness upon you if you accept that. Knowing who he is, God manifest in flesh, dying for you and your sins. That's exceeding glory. Keep reading. For even that which was made glorious had no glory in this respect by reason of the glory that excelleth. For if that which is done away was glorious, remember the law, it was taken care of by his death on the cross. This is the glorious part. Much more, verse number 11, that which remaineth is glorious. I'm going to, this, this gets me excited just to get down to this. Remember what it's saying right here, because it's going somewhere with this. Seeing then that we have such hope, the blessed hope, yes, we use great plainness of speech. Here it is, plainly. And not as Moses, which put a veil over his face that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished, but their minds were blinded. Oh, my goodness. You you read the account, okay? They they still went against God. They still went against Moses. There was still uh, Korah and all those that were swallowed up in even after seeing all these things, just unbelievable. Their minds that were blinded for until this day remaineth the same veil untaken away in the readiness of the Old Testament and the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. Did you catch that? Once again, it says that same veil is on them today. When I was in Israel, it's there. Orthodox Jews know the Old Testament, believe that. They study it steadfastly, okay? That veil is there. 
the law of Moses, Moses. They venerate Moses, Moses, King David, and all these places. That is what they venerate. And all it says, and like if you read in the book of Hebrews, Christ is better. He took that which was unto death. He took the death that was meant for you so that you could be in his glory, as we're going to see, his image again. It's incredible. But that veil, V-A-I-L, is still over their face. They don't, oh, you can't, no, I won't look on it. That veil, though, is done away in Christ. And I thought about this. Now, I was going to talk about this a little bit later on. About the, you know, and down in verse 16, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. Turn over really quick to Hebrews chapter 10. The veil, you know, that's the, you know, kind of like you would think of like a bride coming down the, the aisle or something like that, has that across her face. Same thing. It's that veil. It's the covering over the face. Look at Hebrews chapter 10 and verse number 20. And I thought about this. I was like, hmm. What a parallel. What a parallel. Look at Hebrews chapter 10 and verse number 20 where it says, By a new, okay, uh, let's go back to verse 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us through the V-E-I-L, that, that veil that was covering in the temple, that is to say, his flesh Think about that, that the veil that when he said it is finished was ripped from top to bottom, giving access, clear vision into the Holy of Holies, the, into that inner court. That veil was torn down. Look at my where is Golgotha, by the way, if you want to really do a good study about that, because I believe on the eastern part of the city is where Golgotha was, and everybody standing there could see that veil rip. Even though it was dark, there were still lights as far as fires burning on the interior of that court. So they knew when that veil ripped, they could see it. And it probably freaked them out too. But think about the veil that's covering up the lost. The veil that covers up the Orthodox Jew. The one that still holds to the law that's going to be the death of them, literally. It says that veil is done away in Christ. That veil is also the, the natural man has no ability to understand the things of God. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 2, the natural man. That veil can be taken away with the spirit of the living God who sacrificed himself, laid down his own life, spilled perfect blood, poured out, the atonement for your sin so that your veil could be lifted through his veil, which is to say his flesh, according to Hebrews 10, 20. What a great parallel. But look, sadly, verse 15, back in 2 Corinthians 3, but even unto this day when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. They just can't get past it. The Bible says, Paul calls the uh, Christ the stumbling block for the Jews. They're going to stumble over that stumbling block. The rock is Jesus. They, ooh, they saw the miracles in his day. They all these, and they those same ones that crucify him. We have no king but but Caesar. You know. One day, one day, 
that nation will finally, finally look upon him whom they have pierced and accept him. What remains of them will be very small. And that's according to prophecy in the book of Revelation. There will be a very small remnant, but they'll finally look upon him whom they have pierced and he'll come back and rule and reign for a thousand years. But even unto this day, Paul says in his day, and even unto this day, the, the religious man, the Orthodox Jew, the Catholic, the, the ones that are depending upon their good works, thinking that they could just, if they could just do enough, they can make their way in. So that's unto their death. But unto this day, when Moses has read, the veil is upon their heart. They don't use the law as, the, as it is intended, as Paul says in Galatians, as a schoolmaster to bring them unto Christ. But even unto this day. Verse number 16, nevertheless, when it shall, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. And like I said in Hebrews 10, 20, that veil, which was his flesh, that veil... V-A-I-L is taken away by the V-E-I-L, which is his flesh, the flesh of Jesus Christ, God manifest in the flesh. Still speaking of Jesus here, verse number 17, now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Remember, we have liberty now. People wanted to spy out Paul and his ministry and all that, that liberty because the law has been done away with. The, the okay, you got to sacrifice on this day, you got to do this, you got to do that. You know, all these Levitical laws, all these different kinds, not the moral laws, but the Levitical laws, all the things that they cling to that's supposed to drive them to the understanding that, oh, I got to bring another sacrifice, I got to bring another sacrifice. They're supposed to drive them to the understanding that I can't keep the law. He did. And the perfect sacrifice was made, which is his flesh. Sister Janet is on here, and I hope I pray you're still on here. Hi, Sister Cindy and Brother Dave. Uh, she asked me a question. She called me, uh, I don't know, about a week and a half. I can't remember when that was, Sister Janet. But we talked about, you know, worshiping, you know, in John chapter 4, God is a spirit. And then they wor- that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth, right? Turn over in John chapter 4 and verse number 24. She asked me about this question. God is a spirit. This is not a contradiction, by the way. Jesus is that spirit. His spirit. Okay, that's why it's not a contradiction. All the fullness of the Godhead bodily was standing there talking to this woman at the well. This is what's so amazing, that Jesus is God fully. He's not the second person of a Godhead. He is the person of God. He is the direct image of his person, Three is one, okay? The body, soul, and spirit. We've talked about this numerous times, but look in verse number 24, John 4. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And the woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he come, he will tell us all things. Verse number 26, Jesus saith unto her, I speak, I that speak unto thee am he. Hmm. <laughs> Jesus didn't mess around. He said, literally, that's me. He compared himself, rightfully so, because he is God. 
well, what about we have to worship him in God's a spirit? Yes, the Holy Spirit. That is residing in all of us. Don't ask me how this works, okay? Because I have that. I, if I can understand it, I would be God, okay? I can't. I can't understand it. But I do know the Bible teaches that he's within all of us. And it's Christ's spirit is the Holy Spirit. And that God's spirit is the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ is God manifest in flesh. We could clearly see him. One day we will clearly see him as we're getting to here in 2 Corinthians. What a fantastic thing. Like, you just think about that. I got it underlined, and I got an exclamation point in my Bible, and it says, now the Lord is that capital S spirit. Well, maybe that Lord's speaking about God the Father there, Brother Mike. Really? Because it says, the veil is done away with in Christ, verse number 14. But even unto this day, still speaking of Christ, when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. They can't accept Christ. Look, verse 16, nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. Turn to who? We just said that the veil, the flesh of the Lord, Jesus Christ, was what will take it away. We know this. First Corinthians chapter 2 says that. You'll have the mind of Christ. He'll, he'll be able to quicken you by his spirit. Verse number 17, though now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. The law has been judged, and he has been judged innocent. They took him before Pilate, said, I find no fault in him. There's nobody that could judge Jesus Christ guilty of anything. He knew no sin, and he still died. And he said, no one takes my life away from me. I lay it down willingly. Amen and amen. He did that for you and I. So that now you can have liberty. Is that liberty to just sin as much as that? Come on, folks. Shall we continue in that sin? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. So that's why we can say that Jesus Christ is, in fact, God the Father and the Spirit at the same time without contradiction. These three are one. And that's why that's not a contradiction when it says that Jesus was risen from the dead, he rose himself up, the Father rose him up, and the Spirit raised him from the dead. It's not a contradiction because he is all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And he is that Spirit which we must worship in spirit and in truth. Speaking of which, John chapter 14 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. He is the truth. You worship him. You can't come thinking that he was a good man and that he was some sort of prophet as the, as the Muslims believe. You don't come to him like that. You come to him as the Lord of glory the one that created all things, and by him all things exist. He is God, Jehovah, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And with that, coming to him, knowing who died on that cross for your sins and mine, that is what gives liberty when he renews you, makes you new, a new creature in Christ, as we'll get to in this letter. Look at this, but we all, and I wanted to finish up with this, but we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, 
even as by the Spirit of the Lord. The same Spirit that's within you, brothers and sisters in Christ, one day, whether you die before he catches us away or whether he catches us away, the dead in Christ shall rise first. We which are alive remain shall be caught up. When that happens, it happens by his Spirit. And he's going to change you back into, conform you finally into the image that you're meant to be in, a perfect body, soul, and spirit. That's why you were created in his image at the beginning. And that's way that we will be clothed upon with that new house. Cannot wait. That's why our spirit within us groans, waiting for that. Just a couple things, uh, real quick. Thinking about the word term image, look up Romans chapter 8, verse number 29. We know the uh, the parallel to this putting on incorruption and the glory and all these things. You look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 49, and all through that, we talked about the resurrection, and we spent three parts in 1 Corinthians 15, so go back and look at that. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4, just down right, right here, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. That is this light that's going to shine finally one day. And then finally, turn over to Colossians for this image. Colossians chapter 1, and we'll also turn over to Colossians chapter 3. Ooh, I am sweating. Got myself worked up here. It's just, it's fantastic to talk about Colossians chapter 1 and verse number 15, it says here, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? Who's that talking about? Talking about Jesus Christ. He will once again be conformed back into that same image, and he's going to do it by the power of his spirit. Fantastic. Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 10. All this works together, by the way. And have put on a new man, which is renewed in knowledge, after the image of him that created him. This is what literally happened at the moment of salvation. He changed you into a new creature in Christ Jesus. You've been given the earnest of the Spirit that tells you that one day it's written in stone, it will happen, this body of flesh, which dwelleth no good thing, by the way, which still has the sin that we have to deal with and live in the Spirit and die to self and crucify that flesh daily, will one day put on incorruption because of the earnest of the Spirit, by His Spirit, is going to change you into the glory, the same glory that uh, Peter, James, and John saw on that mountain in northern Israel. When they saw the Lord show a little bit of His glory, they wanted to build tabernacles. They were, oh my goodness, we what oh, amazing. We would have done the same thing, by the way. That same glorious body because of his glory, the Lord of glory, his spirit will change you back into that image that he created us from the beginning to be. Fantastic. All right, one one of the last little things here. Glory of the Lord. Just look at that, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse number 8. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse number 8, where the Bible says here, which none of the princes of this world knew, for if they had known it, they would not have crucified who? The Lord of glory. Jesus Christ is the Lord of glory. He is the same that the children of Israel saw on the Mount of Sinai. 
It's the same that Isaiah beheld with his eyes and said, I, mine eyes have seen the king high and lifted up. That same God is Jesus Christ who humbled himself, took on the form of a servant. Can you imagine, just think about that, that same Lord of glory that created all things, redeemed and reconciled his own creation back to himself by humbling himself to die on a cross. And then finally, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse number 14. Because of the calling you, look at verse number 14, whereunto he has called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you understand what that means? The same Lord of glory through his spirit is going to change you into a new glorious creature. (laughs) It's been done. It's as good as done. Now, since that is done, and since we need to crucify our flesh and die daily and think about who we actually are in Christ and that not thinking not too highly of ourselves because we are nothing. One day we will be the glory again of his creation, conformed back into the same image in which he created us in. And that can only mean, by the way, one thing. It's not where you ruling in like, getting all this praise and all of eternity and like, I'm the king of, you know, whatever region of what, it, no. Puts on a new tabernacle, the, a new house, not made with hands, but spoken to existence from the beginning when he created man, formed him out of the dust of the ground. Fantastic. And that's Second Corinthians chapter three. I really wanted to concentrate on that, on that parallel between the veil that we have over all of us until we humble ourselves and just, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. I am a sinner. And come to him as a broken, contrite, repentant sinner. Nothing. You were everything. God manifest in flesh. You died for my sins. You took my place, the wrath that was supposed to be poured upon me for all of eternity. You took it. Amen. And amen. And amen. All right, let's go over here to the the comments here. I hope that helped you. And it, it I got excited studying through that. I I know I I talk about the same I guess I don't know about the same thing every single time, but I it's just so good. So good. I'm looking over here on YouTube. I see somebody new here that I haven't seen, Denise Barnhart, over on YouTube. Thank you for joining me, Denise. And uh, so thank you for the message today. Well, all praise and honor and glory to him. Um, please subscribe if you haven't done so, and tell everybody else. Tell others. All right. Let's go back through her Facebook. Everybody's praying for Miss Janet. That's good. Sister Cindy's here. Brother Garrett, hey, I like the promise in verse 16. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. Pretty sure it's speaking of the heart uh, from verse 15. Yes, the Lord has always just wanted man's heart. You see this all the way through the Old Testament for sure. 
cross-reference excuse me, with Romans 11, 25. I think I know where this is. The blindness in part with Romans 11. The blindness of the, uh, the children of Israel. Uh, that ye should be ignorant of this mystery, lest ye should be wise in your own conceit. Yes, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles become in. We do know that um, that Jews, uh, nation of Israel, can still be saved. In this time period, in this dispensation, there is no Jew or Greek. They can still be saved. They can still come, but the blindness is there hard. The stumbling block is there. The Bible says it's uh, foolishness to us Gentiles, right? Until we finally realize that it's the truth. Same thing for the Jews. Even though it's a stumbling block, it's very hard for a Orthodox Jew because they hold so fast to that law, which will be the death of them. So that was a good cross-reference there, uh, Brother Garrett. All right. Well, with that being said, thank you for those, by the way, on Facebook that share the videos on their, on their feeds. I appreciate that a lot. Thank you so much for doing that. Hmm. Let's see here. Just check a couple more things. You know, I didn't check. Good. Okay, good. <laughs> my, my audio recorder did not give me any trouble today. Praise the Lord. Well, I think that's it for tonight. Uh, Join me again next Thursday, Lord willing, of course. Uh, We'll be in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And, uh, hi, Debbie. I have to go back and watch. Yes, absolutely. You can always do that. Uh, Let's get back over here. You can always go back and watch. Everything is archived. Every. Every single thing is archived in the uh, on the page. All you have to go to is playlist. It's broken down by uh, subject or uh, chapter verses. Uh, it's broken down by books of the Bible or whatever. Uh, so it makes it easier for you to find. You don't have to go searching through all 160 or whatever it is now. Um, all you have to do is go through that, and you can do that on on YouTube as well. Let this mind be in you on YouTube. Of course, if you're on there, you just go to any of the playlist. You can check that out at any time. Make sure you click the, the little bell if you've subscribed. I, I pray that you have. You subscribe. You can click on the bell. It will notify you when I go live um, or produce a video and post it. Uh, or even if I put a little comment or do something like that, do a you know what they call a short, uh, do a quick video or something like that. So you can always check that out. You can also check it out. I don't talk about it very much, but on Instagram, which if you have that, you can check me out at LTMBIY. It basically, the only thing that it does there is it, it mirrors a lot of things that are, it's on my Facebook feed anyways. But uh, anyways, it's more off my personal page, so you may get to see um, a little bit of more, like maybe some pictures of the kids or something like that. Um, so if you want to check that out and you're not on my personal Facebook page, doesn't matter. Going back to Let This Mind Be In You on Facebook and also Let This Mind Be In You on YouTube. You can always go back and look. The podcast, it's a little bit more difficult. You do have to go back through all those. I haven't figured out a way to go to every single streaming podcast service and figure out how to you know, break those up into subjects. But 
you can check that out if you would, please. And if you're having trouble finding something or if you have a question or anything like that, um, you can always, like I said, reach me at ltmbiy at yahoo.com. Once again, that's ltmbiy at yahoo.com. Oh, <laughs> okay. It's Michelle. Okay. So, well, I'm your sister-in-law, Michelle. <laughs> so I just was reading the name off of, uh, off of YouTube has her as Den- Denise Barnhart. So interesting. My sister, uh, like, I should have known, but uh, my wife should have said, like, rang in. <laughs> that's my, that's my sister. Sorry. Hey, Sister Susie over there. Uh, thank you, Brother Michael. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you for watching, Sister Susie. And again, if the, um, I'm not sure if they did or not, but if the Duffies did not watch tonight or whatever like that, everybody, I've already thanked them in person, but I don't know. I, I just wanted to make sure that they just got the recognition. Uh, recognition. Um, you know, I'm not trying to give them any kind of glory or anything like that. I just wanted to show my deep appreciation for their their gift, and I, I do. I really do appreciate that. It's very humbling, and um, it goes towards... Uh, keeping this this uh, this stream going, okay. So I really do appreciate it. All right, I believe that's it. So we'll wrap it up for tonight. Thank you everybody for watching, and thank you for those that watch later on and uh, go back and stream through it. Um, you can do that at any time on LTN or excuse me, let this mind be in you on Facebook and also on YouTube. So check it out. If you would, please love you in the Lord. God bless you. And just remember glory in him, because one day you will put on that same glory because of the glory of the Lord. Wow. Awesome. God bless. Good night.